Hello everyone, I'm Pastor Rick Hawkins of Quest Church in Norman, Oklahoma. I want to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast is going to be informative, insightful, and inspirational for your life. Listen every week because we'll have a special word just for you. Mark chapter 4, jump down to verse number 24. We're going to read two verses of scripture and then we're going to dive into this. Mark 4:24. Then he said, who Jesus said, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. We'll take our text from those first five words that Jesus said. Take heed what you hear. We'll talk for a few minutes this morning on the subject learning to hear. Learning to hear. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We feel you in this room today. And God, I submit my life to you right now. God, you said your strength is made perfect in our weakness, and so I'm asking you to make me strong this morning. God, I pray that with the same measure of conviction you taught me this word, that you would help me to do the same. God, that you would say things through me that I didn't study to say. God, that there would be ears to hear what you have to say, to hear and to understand and to see their life produce fruit. God, we thank you that no matter what we're facing, you're with us. No matter what we're going through, you're with us. No matter what tricks the devil might try to play on us, you're with us. And the outcome is always we will win because we are victorious in you. I love you today. I know we as a people love you, Jesus. And we ask you, do what you want to do. Speak to us, your people, this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Can you do something for me? Can you put your hands together one more time and just give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah. You may be seated. You may be seated. Learning to hear. Learning to hear. Over the last couple weeks, if you were listening, listening keenly to what the preacher was saying, you would have heard this word here quite consistently throughout the thread of his preaching. And throughout the Bible, and more specifically, Jesus would say these words quite often. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. It's an interesting statement because it's not something we hear in our day and age or in our culture or dialect. He that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And that statement alone is kind of redundant because anybody who has an ear, mostly anybody who has an ear, can hear. So why wouldn't they be able to hear? And I, I think we all understand that 
that statement is more a spiritual statement than it is a physical one. Because it is one thing to hear with our natural ears, it's another to hear with our spiritual ears. Amen? Proverbs 8 and verse 34 says, Blessed is the man that heareth me. That's God speaking. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates and waiting at the posts of my doors. It gives this insinuation that there is a consistency to the search to hear from God. Blessed is the man who heareth me. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 1, Pastor Rick uh, um, uh, gave us this verse earlier this week. Keep thy foot when you go to the house of God. In other words, watch your steps. Be very careful about what you're doing. Be intentional about what you're doing when you go to the house of God. And listen to this. And be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Be more mindful that when you go to the house of God that the priority is to hear from God when you come. To hear, the Greek or Hebrew word is shama. To hear intelligently with implication of attention or obedience. To listen or hear intelligently with the idea that you're paying attention and that there will be obedience in response to what is heard. We must not only hear what God has said, but we must hear what God is saying. Can I get an amen to that? Pastor Rick has said this a few times over the past couple weeks. Many of us uh, know the word of God, but we don't know the voice of God. Many of us know the word of God, but we don't know the voice of God. Jesus said this, and he answered, he said, it is written, he's speaking to the devil when he says this. This is during the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. The devil comes and tempts him. He knows he's fasting. He knows he's hungry. He hasn't eaten in 40 days. I haven't eaten in quite a few days. I know what that feels like. And he comes to him and he tells him, make this stone bread. And Jesus responds to him with the word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. It literally means it's still coming. If it's proceeding, that means the word is still coming. The Bible has in it many, many mysteries of God in it. When you get into the word of God, it's not just the words that are written on a page. It's the revelation that is up behind those words. And the only thing that can give you the secrets, the answers to those mysteries, the, the revelation behind that is the spirit of God. Can I get an amen? It is essential that the people of God do not just rest on what God has said. Yes, that is imperative to our Christian life. However, we must be keenly aware, open, and ready to hear what God is saying. Hear what God is saying. What I just said is live obediently to what God has said. Live obediently to what God has said. But you must be prepared to act on what God is saying. The example there is what Pastor Rick shared with us concerning Abraham and Isaac. God spoke to Abraham and said, go to Mount Moriah and sacrifice your only or your son. Right? He told him to do that. Without any argument, argument whatsoever or any resistance, he packed up 
the wood, he packed up the fire, and he grabbed his son, and he started heading that way. Abraham was acting obediently on what God had said, but he was prepared to hear God's voice again. We know that because of how he spoke to Isaac. Isaac says, I see the wood, I see the fire, but I do not see the sacrifice. And Abraham tells his son, God will, prepare, will provide himself a sacrifice. And that's what happened. Because Abraham was ready to hear God's voice, God was able to stay his hand from sacrificing his son. There, I'll give this warning. If you're not ready to hear from God, you may kill some things because all you're doing is acting on what he said. How is that possible? How could God let that happen? God didn't let that happen. You closed up your ears. Some of us act obediently, begrudgingly towards God because we don't like what he asked of us. We do what he said through gritted teeth, but we have closed ears, and we don't realize that he's providing for himself a sacrifice. He's showing you his love in the midst of your obedience. Are your ears stopped up? Learning to hear. Look at your neighbor and say, learning to hear. All right, that's some, that's some good review on what we've learned over the past couple weeks. So let's get into this idea. Hearing is the root of faith. Hearing is the root of faith. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing, hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the root of faith is hearing, hearing. Faith is an action. Faith is not belief. Belief and faith are two very different things. I've used this example before. I'll use it again. You might believe that the chair you're sitting in can hold you up. Faith is walking up to the chair without even checking it and sitting down. Because you had faith in the chair to hold you up. Faith is substance. Faith is not some mystical, airy thing that exists out in the spiritual ether. Faith is an action. Faith is substance. Faith is evidence. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance. It literally means substance. It literally means the understanding. Or the foundation, substance. It's what's under you that you're standing on. So the substance of this platform is the stage and the infrastructure under it. It can hold me up. That's what faith is. Faith is substance, that which brings stability. Are you with me? Faith is the materializing of what has been heard. Faith is the materializing of what has been heard. The question is, and it's asked frequently by Jesus, where is your faith? Where is your faith? In other words, what is materializing in your life? I'll ask that question again. What is your life producing? 
What are you facing in your life? Here's another way to ask it. What have you heard or what are you hearing and what is the result it's producing? What are you producing in your life? Okay. So here's, here's, the, here's the, an example. We, Adam and Eve are created, right? And they're planted in the Garden of Eden. God plants them there. This is their place. This is where their provision is. This is where their purpose is. They've been given a mandate to be fruitful and multiply. They've been given a mandate to keep this place, and in it is all the provision that they need for their life. In it is everything they need. And then they were given an instruction. To, they could eat freely from every tree in the garden they could eat from, including the tree of life. But there is a tree in the garden that they could not partake of, and it is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so we pick up the story right here in chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty, that's an interesting word, than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, listen, listen to what he tells the woman. Did God really say? Was this the word God gave you was this what you heard you must not eat from any tree in the garden did you hear that you must not eat from any tree in the garden he already distorted the word God didn't say that he said you could freely eat of every tree except one the woman said to the serpent we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it. Now she's adding to God's word, because God didn't say she couldn't touch it. He just said she couldn't eat from it. Or you will die. This is what I call Eve's misunderstanding. She did not understand what she had heard. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman. True. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened. True. And you will be like God. There's the false. Because they already were like God. Knowing good and evil. What caused Eve to sin was not the fruit it was a misunderstanding. Her actions were the result of confusing what she heard. He spoke to her in such a way to get her, first of all, questioning what God said. And then she was unsure of what God said to the point that she had to add to what God said. And then he blatantly, he spoke truth to her, but he added one little lie to create a misunderstanding. The sin didn't begin with her eating the fruit. 
The sin began with her misunderstanding of the word God gave her. Why am I telling you this? Because the devil is always looking for a way or an opportunity to confuse or to change your understanding of what God has said and what he is saying to you. Learning to hear. If he can confuse you even a little bit, he can take a lot from you. Devil came to steal, kill, and to destroy. Even if he can't destroy you, if he can just steal a little bit from you, he's a happy camper. He does not want to see you living in the fullness of what God has promised to you. Do you know that the Garden of Eden was probably the most prosperous spot that the earth has ever experienced in its history? It had four tributaries feeding into it. It had every fruit. It had every animal species without the threat of death. It produced gold. It produced jewels. It produced greatly for the people, and one misunderstanding stole it from them. God has a spot for you. God has a purpose for you. God has intentions for you. Isn't that what Jeremiah tells us? That he has plans to prosper us and to give us hope and a future. The devil just wants to confuse you a little bit because he knows if he can, you'll stop acting on what God told you to do. Learning to hear. Mark 4, 24. Take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. Now, there's three parts that I want to focus on this. I, I told you I was going to teach this morning. <laughs> I hope you're okay with that. I hope you're okay with that. Side note, I want to thank everybody for, who's been praying for me. Um, I'm getting better. We don't... We don't certainly know what the problem is but we're surely on its trail and hopefully it's a really small thing that's just been messing me up and it'll be fixed this week that's our hope three parts i want to focus on this morning take heed to what you hear number one hear with ears of caution hear with ears of caution take heed to what you hear proverbs 4 and verse 23 tells us keep or guard Thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are or flow, out of it flow the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Your heart and your mind are often spoken of synonymously within Scripture. So if you see mind and heart, it's usually speaking of the same thing. Why? Because the heart represents the center of you, or it, it, it naturally and uh, figuratively and spiritually, it it produces life within your body, right? And so this is the idea that, that, that what enters your heart or what you're convicted of mentally or what you're convicted of spiritually, this is what produces in your life. So guard it. Uh, uh, the, the Solomon, when he's, when he's writing this, he's writing this in a way to convince and to communicate to you that it is essential that you are careful with who has your heart and what you allow into your heart. Because out of it flow the issues of life. And so if certain people have access to your heart, they can make deposits in it that are not healthy for you. 
If you allow certain things to come into your heart, your heart naturally produces and spreads it through the body. So if there is poison that goes into your heart, whether you know it or do not know it, it will affect the rest of your body. It will affect your outflow. It will affect your action. It will affect your relationships. It will affect your job. It will affect your, your, your going to church. It will affect your prayer life. It will affect your purpose. Why? Because you allowed it in. That's why Solomon encourages us to guard our heart with all diligence. Be diligent about this guarding. Be diligent about its defense. So Jesus says, take heed to what you hear. The word in the Greek literally means to look at carefully or to consider. Look at carefully what you hear and consider it. What we hear has the ability to bring freedom or bondage into our life. What we hear has the ability to bring freedom or bondage into our life. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, guard your heart with all diligence. Because what's, what you hear can either lock you up or it can set you free. Amen? Amen. Today, I would say there are more inputs into the normal person's life than at any other part, point in history. What do I mean by that? In old days, you didn't get the news till the next morning, and you got it in the paper when, when and if, when and if you decided to read it, or you even got the paper, or you heard it by a word of mouth, and what you heard may or may not have been true. Today, we have inputs that are nonstop, and they constantly flood us. Social media, news, relationships, calls texts. Do I need to go any further? Constant inputs into our life. That is by design. Number one, yes, there is an abundant blessing from that. However, with anything good, there is always a bad side. There is always a bad side. The problem with this is it can distract our focus. It can distract what we heard to begin with. It can distract us, period. Now, I'm going to steal a page out of Pastor Rick's book with regards to distraction. Distractions do exactly that. Distraction. They are designed to create you to lose traction. So whatever progress you're making in purpose, the idea behind a distraction is to halt that progress, to delay that progress, to slow that progress. These are things that have the ability to knock you off course. As with the serpent and Eve, when the serpent spoke to her, it was a very minor distraction that he gave her, but it was strong enough to knock her out of her place. I tell my kids all the, design, all the time, every decision matters. Every decision counts. There are no small decisions. Just when you think it's not a big deal, it was that one small decision that affects the rest of your life. You can have built a monument of good. You could have built a, a memorial for people to visit of how good and honorable you have lived. 
and you can make one small bad choice and they will never look at that memorial again. The devil knows this. That's why Jesus said it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Because distractions are dangerous. Here with caution. Distractions are attractive. If they weren't attractive, you would have never looked at it to begin with. And when she saw that the fruit was pleasing to the eye, right? And it brought something else to her that she didn't even... What he did was he confused her from knowing that she already had all she needed. So she needed more. And that's where we live today. We're confused. We feel like we need more. We need a bigger house, better car, more money, bigger bank account, better clothes, cooler shoes. There ain't nothing wrong with any of it. Not a thing wrong with any of that. And there's not even anything wrong with having an aspiration for that. But when that's the driving impetus or the driving force behind your life, you've already entered into the place of the thorny ground. The thorny ground. Remember when Jesus taught them the seed? As a matter of fact, our text comes from that story where he talks about some was fell on the wayside. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But the thorny ground, when Jesus describes the parable of seed falling on thorny ground, what he's talking about is people that are pursuing the things of the world. When that becomes the pursuit, the word can't live in it because it gets strangled. And the word dies in there. And no fruit can come from it. These are distractions. Here with caution. Somebody say that. Here with caution. Be careful what you hear because the devil will try to use the truth and affect your course. When, when the devil spoke to Eve, he used truth to, to deter her. Watch this in 2 Timothy chapter 4. Watch this. We'll read it in three versions because I really want you to hear the understanding of what Paul's teaching his son Timothy here. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Who's they? The people of God will not endure sound doctrine. It takes some endurance to get an understanding. But after their own lusts, they will heap, up to, heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears and shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Does that sound like something? Sounds like what we watch in today's church. Watch the NIV version. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Wow. They won't put up with it. Because if you say a man should marry a woman, they won't put up with that sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers that will say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from truth and turn aside to myths. Now my favorite version, the Message Bible. You're going to find that there will be times when people will have no stomach for solid teaching. But will fill up on spiritual junk food. Catchy opinions that tickle their fancy. <laughs> They'll turn their backs on truth and chase mirages. That's what it is. They're starving. They're hungry. They're thirsty. They're in a desert, and they think they see an oasis, and it's nothing but a mirage. And they won't know till it's far too late because they're chasing. And that's what culture in this generation has taught us, to chase those things, to chase those things. The prevailing mindset of this generation, I wrote this this morning, 
The prevailing mindset of this generation and culture is to do what feels right to you. Watch this. Live by your truth. Let me help you with something. Truth is not subjective. I'm going to say it again. Truth is not subjective. Truth is absolute. There is no such thing as your truth. That doesn't exist. The only thing that exists is truth. There is no such thing as your truth. There is just truth. You cannot add to it. You cannot take away from it. Once you do, it is no longer truth. Doesn't matter how much truth it contains, if you add to it, it's no longer truth. Doesn't matter how much truth it contains, if you take away from it, it's no longer truth. Hearing is the root of faith. I said that to start. You will act on what you believe is true. So take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. I'm I'm going to say this and then I'm going to skip ahead. Strongholds and mindsets are a product of what you hear. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Strongholds and mindsets are what are a product of what you hear, what you receive and apply as truth. This becomes a stronghold in your life. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is a mindset. A stronghold physically is a fortress or castle or fortified place. A, 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 a stronghold psychologically or spiritually is a mindset that you've created that is fortified. It's become a fortress in your head, and you can't mess with that. It's what produces learned behaviors. Learned behaviors are what we call generational curses. That's what a stronghold is. And a stronghold is produced through what you hear. So the question is, what are you hearing? Jesus said it. Take heed to what you hear. Strongholds do two things. They keep people from knowledge and the revelation of truth. Because it comes up and it fights against that. And it prevents people from walking in obedience. So the question is, are you hearing with caution? Or are you allowing whatever Fox News has to say to indoctrinate you with whatever truth you believe is true? Or is what CNN says hold more uh, 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 oomph in your life than what the preacher has to say on Sunday morning? Are you reading your social media feeds more than you are reading 1 Timothy or John or Matthew or, or Mark? Or, where is the word of God involved in your life? Are you hearing with caution? Let's go on to number two and we'll, we'll work fast through this one. Hear w- with an ear of preparation. First, hear with an ear of caution. Second, hear with an ear of preparation. Uh, uh, Jesus says, take heed to what you hear. It literally means to have the power of understanding, to perceive and to understand. The purpose of hearing is to gain understanding. 
The purpose of hearing is to gain understanding. Earlier in this chapter, Mark chapter 4, I encourage you to go read it, is the parable of the seeds. And the whole crux of the idea is whatever you understand can never be taken from you because you understand it. That's the idea of teaching math in school. We're trying to teach you the formula. We're trying to teach you the process. Because once you understand the process, doesn't matter what problem is in front of you. You can work through the process to get a solution. That's what God wants with us. He wants us to have ears to hear, ears to understand. In order to gain understanding, you have to be willing to prepare to hear. The problem with this is that preparation has built into it this idea of responsibility. Has built into it this idea of responsibility. In Proverbs uh, chapter 4, you can find it in verse 7, uh, the, 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 the wise man Solomon is telling us, in all you're getting, get understanding. Uh, in all you're getting. And in Timothy, uh, Paul exhorts, I think it's 2 Timothy, right? Yeah, it's right here. Uh, Study to show yourself approved, a workman, Right? You, you guys have heard this, rightly dividing the word of truth. The idea here is not so you can get up here and stand and teach somebody. The idea of study is to take what you hear. And st when you studied for a test in school, the idea was you studied the information enough. So when you sat down to see questions without any reference around you, you could answer those questions and pass the test. That's the idea with life. It is, is it that simple? Yes, it's that simple. It's not enough that we come in here and just hear these great words, especially when Pastor Rick is preaching. There is such intensity. There's such inspiration in the air. Faith is built up. You are encouraged when, when he looks at you and says, you are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. You are above only and not beneath. Even just me saying that right, it builds up this feeling of inspiration in the house. And you feel it. And your faith is high. Why? Because it's your faith in here and your faith in here and your faith in here. And I'm speaking these words and faith comes by hearing. So you're feeling the inspiration in the room, right? You feel that because the synergy of faith is here, but when you walk out the door, you don't have the same feeling. That's why you have to study to show yourself approved. You have to be in a place where you take the time to take this word and make it a part of who you are so that when the test comes, and listen to me, it's coming. You're ready to pass. Whether that be in your quiet time with the Lord or whether that's right here in church, it is your personal responsibility to be prepared to hear. I'm going to give you four quick things on how to be prepared. Number one, find clarity. Find clarity. What does that mean? Get the clutter out of the way. When you come to church, get your mind clear. Spend some time before you even come in prayer, whether that's in the car ride over here or that's at your house before you leave. Spend some time and get the clutter out of the way. When you come here, you might be facing some of the biggest, dire circumstances of your life. But come with an expectation that God's going to speak to you. And that situation cannot be in the way of you hearing what God has to say about that situation. Find clarity. Clear the clutter. Number two, proximity. Proximity. You can, you can only hear what you're close enough to hear. You can only hear what you're close enough to hear. I'm reminded of uh, Samuel, right? Little Samuel, he's in the temple, and he's working there. His mom had given him to the temple. And God speaks to Samuel. And when God speaks to him, 
All he hears is his name, Samuel, Samuel. So Samuel does the only thing he knows to do when he hears the voice of an authority in his life was go to his man of God. And he said, did you call me? He says, no. Goes back, hears it again, goes, no. And then the man of God finally realizes God is speaking to Samuel. And so he tells him, next time you hear that voice, say, here am I. Why did I tell you that? Some of us don't know God is speaking to us. And it's important to be under the voice of a man of God so that you can recognize when he's speaking to you. The men of God that God gives us, specifically ours, he knows the voice of God. He, he's been in ministry for 40 years. His whole life has been about prayer and study and hearing God give direction for him and the people that God has given to his care. If you come in here and you just hear the word that he preaches on a weekly basis, all of a sudden you're going to start realizing in your own prayer time, I just heard God speak to me concerning my job. I just heard God speak to me concerning my children. I just heard God speak to me concerning my workspace. Why? Because you're in the proximity of his voice. And so now you're becoming familiar with it. Now you know how to hear it. Learning to hear. So clarity and proximity. Finally, consistency. Or not finally, the third. Consistency. Make it a practice. You have to have a prayer life. Don't rely on the prayer group to pray for you. Pray for yourself. You need others praying for you, but you better be praying too. Don't rely on the pastor to pray for you. You ask God for a word. Maybe the word comes through the message, but you need to hear from God for yourself. Don't miss church. You need a pastor. These are things that churches don't teach nowadays. They want to come in here, pat you on the back, and make you feel good. That's not what life is about. God wants us to be fruitful and multiply in the earth, which means our lives have to be fruitful so that we are a reflection of who he is. He is naturally fruitful and he naturally progresses. And because of that, there's an expectation that we're fruitful, not just exist until we get to the sweet by and by. No, he created us to live in this earth, to have prosperity, to live a prosperous life. That doesn't mean money. That means health and wholeness. You need a pastor in your life. You need a church. You need to be consistent. Locate godly partners and purpose and stop jumping around. Plant yourself in the house of God. Finally, frequency. Again, it's not finally. It's just another one. Frequency. Stay tuned to the right station. Be careful with the news. Be careful with social media. Be careful with other voices. And finally, humility. Humility. I'm thankful for my life track in ministry with Pastor Rick. In June of next year, I will, be, I will have served in full-time ministry for 25 years. All of those have been spent under his cover. Right? God has given me many a word concerning my future and my purpose. I'm thankful that I walk in it. I can tell you this, that I have heard from God clearly about my life, specifically as a result of my submission to him as my man of God. 
even in moments where I didn't like what I was hearing. I also know that I have missed God's voice before because I didn't allow what he was saying to enter in because I didn't like it. I'm using that as an example. Today's day and age, we don't want to submit to nothing or nobody. We're our own person. We can hear God for ourselves or not hear God for ourselves. It ain't that serious. I want to encourage you. A life of humility is essential to, to being effective as a Christian. You have to be willing to be humble and submit to the word of God. Once you have identified God's voice in your life, stop being a skeptic of it. Once you have identified God's voice for your life, stop contradicting it. Be careful not to condescend to what you heard because this minimizes what God is saying and it cripples your ability to understand. If your understanding is crippled, we go right back to Genesis and we have a misunderstanding and we lose something. All right, I'm going to kind of go away from this because we've been here for 40 minutes already, and I want you to hear the word from Pastor Rick. <laughs> hear with ears of caution. Hear with ears of preparation. And hear with ears of intention. Jesus said, take heed to what you hear, for with the measure that you meet, it will be measured to you. And unto those who hear, I will give more. It's interesting because that language is usually in reference to offering. For with the measure that you meet, right? It's usually what we use, give and it shall be. Right, everybody knows it. Right? It's usually used for that. What, he's, what, what the writer, what Jesus is saying here is, the more you understand, the more you will understand. The more you understand, the more you will understand. So the greatest example of hearing is creation. Greatest example of hearing is creation. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, and darkness covered the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light. Let there be light. The amazing thing about it is, after he said, let there be light, go to the next verse if you can, guys. Look at that. And there was light. God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. It was void, which means it's empty. Formless means it had no structure, it had no direction. It was formless. It was empty, had no fulfillment. And darkness covered the face of the deep, which means in the heart of the earth, the heart of hearts of the earth, it had a heaviness, it had an anxiety, it had a lack of clarity concerning what it was, what it is, where it was going, what it was for, what its purpose was. The interesting thing about the whole dialogue right there in the beginning is that though the earth was formless, though the earth was empty, though the earth 
had darkness over it, it still made room for the Spirit to hover over it. Right? And so then God speaks, and the earth instantaneously responds. Am I right? The earth instantaneously responds. As a result of the revelation that the earth got, revelation is illumination. Revelation is light. So when revelation was given to the earth, it allowed it the opportunity for substance to be added to it. Now structure, form, and, and all the things that was missing came into be, and it was set line by line, whether it was the, the earth gathered together, or it was the waters, or it was life given to it, or it was the plants, or it was the seas, or it was the humans that were given to the earth. The earth responded to God's voice. It responded to God's voice. So then, God reaches into the dust of the earth and forms man. Right? And he breathes his breath into man, which I could take you through a whole uh, little dialogue about how you can't even speak without breath coming out of your mouth. And so when God breathed into man, he was, in, he was, he was uh, uh, depositing into him what Romans 12 te- tells us, to every man is given a measure of faith. Faith comes by hearing. When God breathed into man, he was giving a measure of faith in there so that there was something to build on because we go from faith to faith. So in order to go to a greater faith, there has to be a faith in it. That's why he wanted the earth to be formless, void, and darkness covering the earth. Why? Because he wanted to create something that responded to his word, right? So then he creates man from the dust of the earth, and then he breathes into him. He gives him a measure of faith. Now, man has already built in the DNA to respond to God's word. The problem is we get stuck in that darkness. The problem is we get stuck in that cycle of emptiness. The mindsets of what we've heard our whole life, you'll never be good enough. You'll never be a success. You're a failure. You're not as good as they are. You're not as pretty as she is. You're not as athletic as that guy is. You're not smart enough to make it past this. You don't have the education to advance in your profession. You do not have an anointing to be able to do that ministry. You, do, you don't even have ears to hear what God is saying. You can't even speak fluidly. How are you going to be a preacher? You can't, even, you can't even argue with me well. How are you going to be a lawyer? That, that profession's dumb. That profession ain't, ain't, ain't got no purpose in it. Why would you do that? No, God didn't say any of that. That's what you heard, and that's what created a mindset in you, which produced a learned behavior, and now you're living in it. That's why it is essential to learn to hear the word of God. We do not come into this building just to hear words just so that we can get inspired and feel holier than thou to somebody that's outside these walls. No. We hear so that we can gain understanding and walk in the fullness of what God has for us. 
the idea is for us to be fruitful. Every fruit has in it the potential to reproduce after itself. As a matter of fact, not just reproduce after itself, every fruit has in it the ability to produce an abundant harvest. It may be one, but it can produce 20. If you have a bunch of fruit, it can produce hundreds. That's why the Bible tells us that one can put a thousand, that's the seed inside of us. One can put a thousand, but two can put 10,000. That's what happens when two get together because the seed multiplies. What is that? That's what we've heard and understood. That's what creates fruit. That's what populates. God wants to see us be fruitful. So it's imperative that we hear. Now let me encourage you with something. No matter where you're at right now. In your life. No matter what you're facing in your life. No matter how old you are or how young you are. There is nothing that can hold you back from really hearing and becoming all that God wants you to be. The only thing that stands in the way is you. You're the only one. That's the beauty of being a human. Is God gave it to us to be. He made us in his likeness. He made us with the same abilities. He deposited in us. He made us in his image. We are a reflection of his light. Jesus, the, the, Psalm 119 and verse 30 says that when the word comes, it brings forth light. John 1 tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. And in him there is no darkness. And the darkness, listen to this, can't even understand it. The understanding that he brought for us, darkness can't even get with it. It can't even comprehend. That's why the strongholds fight so hard in your mind. That's why the strong man that governs the stronghold of your mind fights against the word so strongly. You feel inspired in this room and you go home and you say, I love the idea of doing that for God, but I don't think I can pull it off. It's never too late to hear. It's never too late to hear God's voice. It's never too late, no matter where you are, mentally, psychologically, spiritually, physically, your age, doesn't matter. It's never too late to hear from God. Pastor Josh, I don't know about that. If you knew how badly I've messed things up, and it may not be that I'm in any kind of legal trouble or anything like that, but I'm 40-something, 50-something years old. There's not a whole lot to be said of this life. It's not too late to hear from God. Man, I, there was a moment when God could have showed up for me, and I feel like he didn't. Or maybe he did, and I just missed it. It's never too late to hear from God. Pastor Josh, how can you even say that? You don't know where I'm at. You, you, you know what? You're right. I don't. But here's what I do know. That Jesus walked up one day and he said, Lazarus. And somehow that dead man for four years heard him because it's never too late to hear from God. He was dead. He could still hear. They buried him. But he could still hear. They put a rock in front of his tomb. But he could still hear 
Listen, his family gave up on him, and they even gave up on Jesus doing something in his life. If you would have been here, you could have fixed it. Not that you are here now. They had already given up on Jesus doing something in his life. It was past the point that Jesus could make a difference. And Lazarus could still hear. It is never too late to hear. You can hear him. I'm telling you, over the coming weeks, God is going to begin to pour out his spirit in this sanctuary like never before. I think it's important, almost pivotal, that the people that are in this room, God assigned it for such a time as this. Whoever's watching, God assigned it for such a time as this because it's imperative that we come in here with ears to hear. Because what I'm believing is going to happen over the next six months to a year is people are going to start, their dreams are going to wake up again. Businesses are going to be birthed in people's hearts. Ministries are going to come forth. Preachers are going to come forth. Politicians to fix this country are going to come forth. There are going to be, come on somebody. God is going to be going to do miracles in this house that are past just healing folks' body. But we're going to start seeing success come up out of this building to the point that we can actually occupy until he comes. We can actually begin to advance the kingdom of God throughout our culture. And we can see people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ that God didn't give up on them no matter what they think. God is still for them. We're going to start seeing an outpouring of his spirit to where the Holy Spirit begins to baptize folks in other tongues. And they're going to be baptized with fire and that's when we're going to see a revival happen. But there has to be ears to hear. It's not enough for just a prophetic word to go forth. In order for a move and a revival to happen, a word has to go forth, and it has to be met with ears to hear. Let's all stand. Please lift your hands. This is an altar call right here where you're at. Right here where you're at. Somebody's been dealing with a mindset. Somebody's been dealing with a stronghold. You can't get rid of it. I'm not saying that's an addiction. That could be something very simple within your, con your mental construct that's keeping you from advancing in life. But somebody's dealing with a mindset that they can't get right. I want you guys to just lift your hands and begin to worship God right now.